0: Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would please, and turn over to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, and in uh, the things that the Lord's uh, given me for this week, we've talked a little bit about uh, fellowship and the relationships between the missionary and the church, uh, that participation, we mentioned yesterday, and uh, this is kind of this is a little scattered this afternoon. Uh, I'm going to try to organize it just a little bit into missionary relationships. Amen? Missionary relationships. Now here in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul. For the work whereinto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Amen. Now notice here what I see in, in these verses uh, in our relationship, the relationship between the missionary and God. Amen. There's a lot we could talk about here. We could talk about our prayer life. We could talk about uh, so many things in our relationship with God. But I just want to notice this one thing because uh, it seems like we're doing a lot of overlapping. And that's good. Amen. Those are the things that God's trying to get our attention with. Amen. And, uh, but I want to just point out here in the fact that there in verse 2 uh, that we're called. Amen. God has called us to this privilege to take the gospel, whether we're a missionary on a foreign field or we're heading out on, uh, on visitation on, uh, on Tuesday nights or whenever we go. Amen. We're called to this. And what uh, one of our brothers said, I believe even today, God knew what he was getting. Amen. God knew what He was getting when He called you to Himself to be His child. And we don't have to be ashamed of who we are. We need to be ourselves. Amen? So many times, especially as, in, as, as younger Christians and younger preachers and uh, missionary families, we try to want to conform ourselves to those that we think are being used of God or those that are, sad to say, popular in the, uh, the church circles. But we need to be ourselves because God called us for who we are. Amen. I believe uh, yesterday as Brother Robertson was preaching on uh, walking by faith, he says we need to be our own man. Amen. Now, uh, we need to be the man that God wants us to be. And as we continually give ourselves over and uh, put ourselves on that altar, we'll be conformed unto the image of His Son. God's going He called you for who you are, not for... Who somebody else is and who you're trying to beat like them. Amen. And so we need to remember that we are called of God to do the ministry that he's uh, laid on our hearts. That, that burden. Now, just, uh, just saying that. Now, another thing we want to look at is the missionary relationship uh, between the missionary and your sending church. Your, your church. Amen. Notice there in verse 3 it says, and When they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Amen. Send them away. Well, folks, for myself and some of you, Tabernacle Baptist Church is your sending church. Amen? There's, this church is sending us on. and Every missionary ought to have ascending church we need to have that authority amen over us as we operate and serve the lord Uh, we fellowship with our sending church we're participating in the ministry that god has uh, raised that local new testament church to perform amen that idea of authority of the home church authority and accountability amen authority and accountability you might not necessarily have to be accountable to uh, everyone else out there in the world but you ought to have somebody you give an account to amen and so uh, i think pastor touched on yesterday i told him he hit just about all my notes yesterday but i'm going to go ahead and, and say them again because this is what god put on uh, me the other night uh we need to tithe. amen and we walked we'll walk 10 foot next to a missionary who's not willing to tithe. And by the way the missionary i'll be involved in giving faith promise missions amen How can we travel across the country and encourage people to get involved in missions if we are not ourselves willing to sacrifice and give and trust God and give to missions? Amen? That's pretty hypocritical. So we need to have that accountability, respond to that authority. We tithe to our home church. Amen? Uh, Some of the things we mentioned yesterday, uh, some we do personally. Uh, I try to give most of my extra offerings above and beyond my tithe to the work in which we're involved in. Because the people there need to have an example of giving. Amen. Now the tithe belongs to our sending church. Amen. But God didn't say we had to stop with our tithe. Amen. You know, if a missionary is using a calculator to figure out his giving, that's a pretty sorry missionary. Come on. True? Amen. Amen. So we give offerings at the work that God's called us to. Now, if you're working, I don't know what the, uh, the average uh, income down in Chile is, uh, but it might it might be detrimental if you give a $200 offering every month to the church, then they're just going to lean on you. You need to give proportionally to the ministry of what they're going to give and be an example to them to help them to see, well, if, if my if my preacher's giving, well, then I should give. Amen. Uh, if you're working with the Americans, give a good offering. Amen. And then uh, what we did personally uh, while we were on the field, we uh, we split our faith promise up between our sending church and then we gave a faith promise at the church there because we ought to lead by example. Amen. All right, so our major, lead by example. So that's the way that we try to do some of those things, and uh, that'll help you wonderfully, Amen. To that sending church, uh, we're sent, and that's our fellowship, but we also are servants to that sending church amen we are co-laborers with the lord and folks as a co-laborer uh, we need to lean upon that sending church at times amen not to say hey I, i've got a need please send money but i tell you so we've uh we were in a situation where we didn't have Authority over us while we were on the field. Our uh, pastor uh, grew old, and he pastored our home that sending church for 56 years, and uh, he had a right to retire. Amen. Uh, Actually, he started uh, having—I think we believe it was Alzheimer's—and so his children came and uh, retired him, and but the church couldn't get together and call a pastor, and went on and on and on and on, and we felt we felt the spiritual void in our lives. Not having an authority over us while we were on the field. And that's when I called Pastor Harvey and asked if the uh, Tabernacle Baptist Church would be willing to bring us under the authority of this local New Testament church. And uh, it was a blessing to us on the field. A real blessing to ha- just, just to know we were under authority again. But then to be co-laborers with someone. Amen. With the church here and with Pastor Harvey. Uh, and to seek counsel from home folks listen you're not going to know what to do in every situation you just you know you, you might have been in the ministry a long time and you don't know that pastor harvey says he doesn't always tell uh pastor hammonds what to do because maybe he's not really sure either uh we've got a lot of that counsel in times past uh, not necessarily from pastor harvey but from others uh, well, what should i do well pray I'll, I'll be praying for you you pray just do what the holy spirit wants you to do we have great confidence in you uh well, that's wonderful, but I was really hoping for some nuts and bolts. One, two, three, this is how you... I was hoping for some of the stuff Brother Norman's been giving over here, Brother Stevens. You know, one, two, three, this is how we do it. The nine things, I'm looking forward to getting a, a hold of some of that information. Amen. The nine steps on how to stay right with God. How, what's the title? Pre-Request of Prayer. Those, those eight, or the eight things to uh, stay close to the Lord. Some of those kind of things. Amen. I'm looking forward to getting those. But uh, to to seek that counsel from your home church and for build yourself a cabinet. Amen. Get some get some godly people that you can seek that counsel from. Uh you know, every pastor, every missionary, every evangelist has their, their. Uh, we, I guess sometimes we might call them our war stories, amen? Uh, we had a, a pastor and his wife come, and we were trying to help our folks to get into the next church that we were going to, and our church closed in Germany, and uh, we had uh, this brother, brother Kraft's wife come and, and teach our ladies at one of the ladies' fellowships, and she brought a wonderful lesson. I'm, I'm uh, going to get the notes. I'll probably end up preaching that someplace someday, amen. Uh, not because she's dead, but just the truth of it. Uh, I think the title of it was, uh, and there was a woman. Amen? And there was a woman. About every two years comes a woman, Pastor Harvey. Every two years, that struggle, that problem. And uh, we had a struggle like that. And we were, I was able to call him, talk to our pastor, and get some good instruction, some good counsel and help. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just talk, it's a blessing to talk it through with someone, even if they don't give particular guidance or counsel, just to make sure that you're not thinking way off in outer space someplace about what you're going to do, what you want to do. Uh, and then uh, and that that whole situation turned out for the good. We praise the Lord for it. And then there was another situation. I uh, ran into a fellow was uh, taking a church, and uh, there was a man in that church that had... Uh, been here a number of years ago and he, he tried to he tried to destroy our pastor and i said i called pastor harvey and i said well, preacher i think i think i need to go and warn this uh this this new preachers coming into that church and and uh warn him that that rascal's here we need to make sure he doesn't do that to anybody else and uh just through the uh our conversation uh, uh the Lord used pastor to, to put me to shame because what it really had turned out to be is I hadn't ever forgiven that fellow for what he did. And it humbled me when pastor said he just will be, you know, if you see him, give him a hug for Pastor Harvey. So we need to seek that counsel. You you don't know it all. Amen. You don't know it all. you're not You're not self-sufficient. We're independent Baptists, but oh, folks, if we ever lose our dependency on God, and just as God supplies our needs through others, He'll also counsel us through others at times. Amen. All right, I just want to share some of that. Let me let me give you a couple other things here. Uh, we're gonna. Stay right on time, amen. Uh, our relationship with our churches, and so much of this been, has been covered uh, by all of us, amen. I want to give you just a couple things, as uh, our brothers have. Give your burden and stay on the subject, amen. Stay on missions. We've been That's been repeated over and over. Uh, as Pastor mentioned yesterday, if there's something that just the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to bring out, a stand, a conviction, don't be afraid to stand on those convictions and bring things out. We were in a church up in uh, southern Indiana, and uh, we, uh, we had parked the camper there at the church. We were there for just a couple days, maybe a day before the meeting, and uh, come, come to the meeting, and they decided to have a business meeting. Wise not to have the business meeting during church, but they're going to have a business meeting. Whether they're going to take on uh, and help this missionary who had an extra need, they were going to vote uh, some money to send to this missionary. I think he was in uh, in the Philippines, and then it was already one of their missionaries. they were going to support this missionary. And then somebody else brought up something they were going to get carpeting. And they want to talk about the color of the carpeting that was supposed to be on the floor and then match the carpet on up on the uh, uh, the choir. Now, not a great big church, but They got to talking about this and arguing and fussing. Uh Lord said, go get a different message. So I walked out of the service. I went out to the camper, got a different message in my Bible, walked back in, sat down. They were still fussing and fighting and arguing about the color of the carpet they're gonna have covering on the on the pew up in the choir loft. Silliness, foolishness, and by the time they all got it said and done, what they had done is they decided not to do anything. Said that we'll fight later about the, the colors. And we're not going to do anything for this missionary, brother. We're just—we're not going to do anything. So here they are. They've been fussing and fighting for an hour and a half. I mean, you know, I—I was—you know, we should have been at Shoney's or something by about that time, as far as my mind. And then the pastor asked me to come up and preach and give our burden. And I came up and I was thoroughly disgusted in the Lord. Amen. And I told him so. I, I, it was one of those points where you just write off the supports. say, I don't care. Listen, you guys are a bunch of carnal Christians. You are all ate up. Amen. You're going to sit there and argue about the car you're carpeting when there's a missionary in the fields that's got need, and you're not even going to shelve it and wait until some other time, and then he'll be gone. He'll be suffering without. You're not right with God. And I went on and on and on and on and on. And I said, well, I'm not getting any support from this place, but hallelujah, they made me sit there for an hour and a half and listen to them fuss and fight. So they took us on for twenty-five dollars a month, been faithful ever since, and took me out to Dairy Queen that night. You just never know. The general rule is don't get involved, amen. Stick to missions, preach, and stay with your burden. But, amen. Every once in a while, it, it, now there was I I, I had put in my heart if I if we don't get support from this place, I don't care. But somebody's got to stand and say this is wrong. And if the Lord puts it on your heart, go ahead. But uh, don't come back and tell me that you didn't get support. I warned you. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Um, show a genuine interest in the pastor's work at the church. Amen. Brother brought out this morning, be a listener. That That pastor probably doesn't have anybody else there he can talk to. And sometimes you just need to sit down with that pastor and shut up. And let him talk. And then leave it there. Don't take it with you. If he unloads it, if he unburdens his heart to you, cry with him, pray with him, whatever needs to be done, and then leave it there and go on. But be a friend to that pastor. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. Proverbs chapter 17, verse twenty it says, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. You don't need to make a comment on everything. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. See, so if you're talking about something you really don't know anything about, just hush. They'll think you're pretty smart. Well, what about uh, in, the, in your communications with the churches? What about when they do start asking some of those controversial questions? I just had an example that some of the things that we went through uh, while we were on the road. Um, 100% house buttons going around everywhere back when we were on deputation. And uh, just the way I handled that particular situation was, sir, listen, I'm not 100% Matthew McVaney. How can I be 100% anybody else but the Lord Jesus Christ? Now that doesn't necessarily mean I got to preach in those churches, but you you can do it in such a way that you're not derogatory to someone else, and you're still right with the Lord. Amen. Let me we're kind of getting scattered here a little bit. Let me uh, prayer letters. A little bit about the prayer letters, and I like the idea. I think uh, Brother Reed about using the phone. It's calling, touching base. That's good. I'm going to implement that more uh, in our own ministry. Uh, fellas, or if the wives are helping write the letters, and that's all right. If your wife can write a better letter than you, let her write it. Amen. But be honest in your prayer letter. Amen. Our brother touched on this, but uh, integrity. Be careful of the uh, evangelistically speaking in quotations. Now, brother, don't take that wrong. Amen. But we talk about evangelism and we inflate those numbers. No, we ought not to. Let that crowd go ahead because they'll stand before God when the numbers really come in, when those people stand with them before the Lord Jesus Christ. And where where are those thousands? Speak the truth. Amen. It's not honoring to God. If you don't have a lot to report in the prayer letter, go ahead and... Folks, listen, there's just not much happening. Be honest. We're we're not, if we're not if you're out knocking doors and studying and preaching and praying, say not much is going on. Please, somebody send some help. Would somebody have a prayer meeting for us and ask God to break something loose here for us? Just be honest. Amen. And that's uh be positive in your prayer letters. I mean, if it's just positively terrible, then <laughs> let them know. But be, be, try to be upbeat in that prayer letter. Tell folks what's going on. Um, if you in a prayer letter ask for prayer for someone or you make a need to be known, follow up with that. Tell them that the need got met. Tell them what's happening in the lives of those folks that you asked prayer for. Amen. Because folks, believe it or not, some of those people are going to be praying. Some of those folks are gonna, you know. Sometimes you might uh, uh, have a temptation to be a little callous in your heart, saying, "Well, this church is just kind of ate up. I, probably there's nobody here that's gonna pray anyhow." But somebody's praying for you. Amen. So, uh, one of the things that we tried to do while we were out uh, traveling, and I'm just Brother uh, Lightsey. Come on up here, brother, if you would, please. Uh, give something back to the church. And there's uh, things that uh, has have been mentioned uh, this week already, taking the pastor out to eat and things like that. And I know when you first start out, uh, you can't do that, but by the end of your deputation, you've got pretty much your full support, and uh, you're also sitting there uh, getting all those good love offerings. Amen. Use that for the glory of God. Amen. Put some, you know, Instead of going out to eat every night... Put some of that aside for maybe your passage fund or your plane tickets instead of then writing when you get to the end of your two or three years of deputation. Then you say, oh, we're ready to go and now we need another $10,000 for plane tickets and passage fund. Well, what have you been doing with all the money you've been getting? I know the first year it was, you know, it, it, you know, it was beans and wind pudding, but what about after that? Put aside some of that money, uh, let, let, brother. Lights, uh, you up here, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and use him for a second. Uh, get your purse, brother. When we would go into the churches, there was a uh, we had some of these little plastic coin purse. It's it's not a purse. See, none of you would none of you would ask this man to take out his purse. you would be afraid of him, but he loves me. Amen. I can do this, and you know what. I, proof that this man loves me thats this little green piece of plastic now what this what's that say brother pray for the mcvaney family american servicemen in europe amen now we're no longer in europe but our field's not changed amen amen thanks brother we were at mcdonald's last night after we got done fellowshipping here we went and fellowshiped over there amen and one of the things that we did in the churches, uh, and I, I don't know, I can't remember if we were doing it when we were here at Tabernacle, but the, when the pastor gave me an opportunity to give our testimony, uh, oftentimes we'd talk about taking up offerings. I'd, I'd ask the ushers to come, and we would give an offering. And I'd have just you know, a bunch of those things in my pockets, and I'd put them in the offering plate, and I'd ask the ushers to go back through the congregation, and anyone who wants one of those little plastic coins, and of course we'd have a little dish of them out on the display when we do that and I'd ask folks to take that and put it in their pocket with their change when you dump your change out on your dresser and you scrape it back in in the morning and as you're going through the day and you pull stuff out of your pocket at the grocery store and stuff you see that little plastic coin saying just need to remember to pray for the McVaneys Now I had a few of those left over when we went to the field and of course the, the Lightseys came and got involved there at Faith Baptist Church and I gave that to my brother before he left about four years ago. And uh, we were buying some ice cream last night, and it was still there. And uh, that's a blessing. They weren't cheap, but that's priceless. Think of ways to give back a little something to the churches. Let me, uh, I don't know what the schedule going to be like tomorrow. Just let me throw a few quick things here. I've got three minutes. Don't overstay when you're staying someplace. Whether it be a prophet's chamber, or someone's home, uh, even a motel. Withdraw thy foot from my neighbor's house, lest he be weary with thee and so hate thee. You might be right on doctrine. You might be right on your, uh, uh, your standards. Everything else. You might have preached uh, until glory came down. But if you stay too long. You wear them out, and you lose that blessedness, and that sweet fellowship that you shared for those that time while you were there. The old adage, you know, quit while you're having fun. Amen. Hit the road, get out. Uh, keep your family with you, young uh, young families. My advice, take it or leave it. Get a camper, because you need your privacy. Those children, if you, you know. It's rough being out in the road for two years or three years, and if you can put them in their own bed every night, it'll do. You wonder why the kids are rowdy when you come into church. Well, you bounced them from four different beds in five days, traveling all over the place. Hey, if if you can now, folks, listen. The offering's not going to be any bigger because you're towing a camper and you're only getting four miles to the gallon. Amen. And if it's just a, you know if it's just you and your wife, out on, deput- on deputation or even furlough, you know go ahead and get that little car that gets 40 miles to the gallon, and, and uh, you might have to stay in a couple of hotels or something, but it'll work fine for you. But if you got a big family, I suggest that camper. It'll cost you a little. It might you might have to be on deputation maybe six months longer, but your kids won't become There's a temptation for the children to become bitter, bouncing around like that, distraught all over the place. Fill that in for me and think about that. Amen. Um, Don't use the phone without permission. Oh, back in the prayer letter, let let me say this. Don't beg. It's been said, but say it again. Don't beg. Let your legitimate needs be known, if God so leads you. Uh, but think about this instead: get proper support before you go to the field. Get your proper support before you go to the field. Let me just throw some quick numbers at you. You got to think about your giving. Amen. When you're not excluded from giving your tithe, your missions, other offerings, health insurance. We left for the field, our health of the church, we were paying $125 to Good Samaritan. Now we're paying over $410 a month. Say, so well, bless God. I'm going to trust God. We're not getting sick. Talk to Job. A vehicle. Don't don't go to the field and then write back and say, Oh, we need a vehicle. You knew you were going to have to drive someplace. Be thinking about that. One suggestion, get a big old jug. Set it out on your display. Ask the pastor if you can. Say, this is our vehicle fund. Or our, we used it for a passage fund. And you know children love to put money in jars. I mean, you might have to roll a lot of pennies, but uh, I, I know we had probably over $1,500 come in that jug during those years. And use that for your plane tickets, things like that. But uh, uh, your vehicle, go ahead and just budget in three or four hundred dollars on a car payment and get you a good working vehicle, so you're not always having to beg the church to come bail you out every time your car breaks down. Put some money in savings. Try to leave it there if you can. Now, I didn't, I wasn't able to do all these things. I got the money that we were told to get, and it was way short. But if we were going to go uh, do some things differently, these are some of the things we try to do. If you can put 100 or 200 dollars a month aside in savings, everybody else does that. Why shouldn't a missionary do that? Now you think about it, if you put100 put dollars a month and you're on the field for four months, that's 480 dollars, or excuse me, 4,800 dollars. That'd buy plane tickets. Amen? Then you don't have to write home and say, "Oh, we need so much money for plane tickets." And then when you really do have a need, and that's what we really do. When we've had a need, we put it in the prayer letter. God usually took care of it for us. But rarely did we try to word our prayer letter in such a way that we were asking for things all the time. Because pastor's going to notice that. Every time you write, you're asking, you're begging, you say, I need this, I need that, I need that. Nobody, nobody wants a missionary. Amen? But when you figure those things up, housing. Figure out what you're going to need for housing. If it's just you and your wife, maybe $500 would be more than enough for utilities and the apartment. Uh, depending upon where you're going in the world and the situation, you might need $1,200 a month for rent. Right, Brother Lightsey? Mm-hmm. So you figure that up. But just those things we've mentioned, that's 1300 to $2,200 a month. Now, I'm almost ashamed to say what I'm saying after our brothers gotten up and how they've lived on a shoestring. But that's how God led them. And if you're going to a place like that, then God can do that. But if you're going to go to an industrialized country, you're not going to be able to do that. Can God do that? Sure he can. But he's going to want you to minister to the folks that are there. I'm going to stop. Um, The missionary and his relationships. Think about relationships are wonderful things, but they are fragile when you treat those relationships with wisdom. Sometimes somebody else can have some wisdom that will help you. Amen.